Good afternoon and welcome to Faith FM and looking up on this cloudy Wednesday afternoon and you are here with Danny and Sharissa and our producer Shell. So it's wonderful to have you from wherever you are joining us and it's, um, yeah, summer's over, we're into autumn. Oh, that's right. sad. <laughs> it is. Well, summer came and went and um, we really didn't have much of a summer, did we? That's true. This year was a very wet summer. Mm-hmm. Um, however, for those people who do enjoy it a bit cooler, they would have been blessed after the last three or four summers, which have been really, really hot, in particular last summer. So here we are and um, hope and pray that you are doing well on this Wednesday afternoon from wherever you are listening around uh, the Newcastle area where we are based here in Walls End at our studios or wherever in Australia or maybe around the world. We just want to give you a very warm welcome. So we're here to discuss uh, what the Bible has to say about the times that we are living in and how we can prepare for the greatest event in human history, which is, Sharissa? The soon return of Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's why Power we... and glory. Amen. Amen. Did you have anything else to add? Uh, no, 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 for now. <laughs> and so that's why we call the program Looking Up, because Jesus said when you see all these crazy things happening that we are seeing right now, look up because your redemption, the second coming, is drawing near. And indeed, the coming of Jesus is drawing near. So if you're interested in being ready for the coming of Jesus, you have come to the right place. Amen. And so today, once again, we're going to go to the book of Daniel, and we are going to discover the message that God has for us from the book of Daniel. We're journeying through that book on how we can be ready for the coming of Jesus, and not just how we can be ready ourselves, but more importantly, Sharissa, I would like to suggest that how we can prepare others. Yes. For the soon return of Jesus. Amen. So I hope and pray that you're able to stay with us for the next couple of hours as we unpack um, another chapter in this mighty book, the book of Daniel, written um, two and a half thousand years ago, speaks to each and every generation, but especially to the one that will live, will, will be living just before Jesus comes. I'll be giving the details of how you can contact us if you would like to get in touch with us with a question or you may have a prayer request or you may want to have a Bible studies. You may want to study the Bible in more detail with someone. Mm -hmm. Um, Sharissa, we have individuals who are willing and able to do that. Yes, and it's the best thing to be able to study the Bible with someone, to step through at your own pace and ask questions. Absolutely. So um, we can do that online or in person. So there's a lot more that we're going to share with you. Um, however, I want you to sit back and enjoy this next song from Colin Buchanan, Measure of a Man, and we'll be back with you after this. Oh, 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 
Listening to Measure of a Man by Colin Buchanan. Hope you enjoyed that song. And uh, you are with Sharissa and Danny and Shell, our producer. <laughs> she does a fantastic job, doesn't she? She does. She does. <laughs> she and, makes uh, us sound good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, it, and it's a huge effort to it make is. someone like me sound good. Um, <laughs> Or sound even half intelligent. So it's wonderful. Thanks, Shell, for doing that. And uh, you are with us here on Looking Up this afternoon as we speak on the things that really matter when it comes to eternity, and that is the things that are found in Holy Scripture. Mm. And we're looking at the book of Daniel. But before we move into the book of Daniel, as always, we spend a, a few moments at the beginning of each program just taking a look at you know, some of the things that are going on around us uh, from a biblical perspective that uh, make it clearer and clearer each and every day that we are we're getting closer to the sound of the trumpet. Amen. That trumpet. So, um, Sharissa, 
There's a number of things uh, that have been taking place this week. Um, you know, once again, we're hearing a little bit more about this COVID uh, vaccine rollout. Oh, tell us about it. Well, I think everyone's well familiar with what is going on. Um, my grandparents, they're down in Melbourne. They're in their 90s. They're in a nursing home. Uh-huh. And I was talking to the nursing home staff. They actually called me one night, actually this week, um, on Monday night. Uh, I had three phone calls uh, from them. I was in a board meeting so I couldn't get the phone call so I'm thinking have one of them passed away um, what's the emergency they were calling me like in the evening like after eight o'clock and that, that, that you know they never call me so anyway um, yeah when I finally got got hold of them after the meeting they shared with me that yeah they're looking just for family permission regarding not that I'm the sort of next of kin but they just wanted to connect with me my grandmother actually wanted to connect with me about this COVID vaccine what can she expect because she doesn't speak English <laughs> oh. so neither of my grandparents speak English so they came to Australia um, when they were retired they were in their late 60s mm. when they came to Australia we managed to smuggle them into the country you wouldn't be able to do that now and so they came in and so they haven't really learnt any English and so they ask me I'm the oldest grandson and so they kind of trust me the most <laughs> They don't really trust their kids as much. <laughs> They're not sure if their kids are telling them the truth or not. Wow. You know what it's like. So I asked the grandson. He's a pastor and um, he, he's going to tell us the truth. Anyway, so that my grandma wanted to know, you know, what's in the vaccine? Am I going to be okay? Am I going to survive? She's in her 90s. I'm like, grandma, it's probably not going to make a difference to you. <laughs> But no, I didn't say that to her. That's good. <laughs> Glad you didn't say that. No, I didn't say that to her, no. So, um... Yeah, I guess um, the, the interesting news on, on, on COVID is that I picked up a story. If you could honestly, Sharice is just <laughs> killing herself laughing. <laughs> she would never say that to her 90-year-old grandparents. No. <laughs> what difference is it going to make to you? <laughs> That's terrible. Yeah. Shell, you're not allowed to laugh. You're encouraging her. <laughs> oh, no, it's, I know. It's obvious. just dumb. I was, yeah. I, uh, anyway. Um, in California, there is this new strain, Charissa. Killer virus. It's a killer virus, and they say it's really, really nasty. And um, so, you know, it makes me think, uh, you know, we've got these vaccines that are being rolled out, different ones that are being rolled out around the world. And uh, they're saying that some of these new strains uh, potentially won't make too much of a difference if you have the vaccine. That's right. You're just going to have to keep getting a new vaccine for every strain. That's exactly right. So where where is that going to end? Well, the virus is going to keep mutating, I guess. So Yeah, that's what they're saying. So we we could be stuck with this virus for a long time. Mm. So I don't want to go on and on with that. um, It just makes me feel sick. It does. It does. And you... You want to go to the doctor, don't you? Maybe not. <laughs> maybe maybe self-care, focus on the natural remedies and yeah. eat lots of greens and so forth. But no, I think the, the one thing that came out as I read that, I'm thinking this is what Jesus said. We can expect the nearer we draw to his coming, uh, whether it be, whether it be um, pestilences or these strange diseases, um, viruses, whatever the case may be, humans will not have the solution. 
And Jesus, in fact, said that in Luke 21. He said, you know, men's hearts will be failing them from fear for the expectation of the things that are coming upon the earth. And so, yeah, so there's a lot of fear. There's anxiety. Um, We're dealing with monumental problems that we we don't have the capacity to to deal with. And so, you know, we're dealing with one one virus. Um, You know, we're trying to get on top. Perish the thought if another virus came Mm -hmm. on top of this. While we're still trying to roll out, you know, COVID nineteen vaccine, imagine another one or another two, mm-hmm. you know, hit our planet. So um, we desperately need Jesus, and He alone is a solution. Amen. We need a rescue, and only He can. We do rescue from above, and um, and talking about that, just something here in our own backyard, in my hometown of Melbourne, Charissa. Mm. Uh, this was on Current Affair. Some some of our listeners may have um, viewed this. It was on a current affair. I can't exactly remember whether it was um, this past week or the week before, but anyway, I just happened to bump into it on YouTube as I was you know, going through. And it's uh, regarding the Baruli ulcer virus. Wow, Baruli I heard this ulcer one. virus. Yeah, it's a, it's a fast spreading skin disease, mm. and it's really painful, like mm. super duper painful. It kind of um, it uh, it it. It, it stays in your, in your system. So you don't know it at first. Often it kind of incubates anywhere up to six to 12 months even before it begins showing signs and, and comes to the surface. And it's very, very hard to eradicate and people can even lose limbs if wow. they don't, if they don't tap into it. And this virus has been around since the 1930s there on the peninsula of of Melbourne sort of uh, or just out of Melbourne East Gippsland area when it where it was first discovered it's been on the peninsula however for the first time now uh, they are finding it in the suburbs. And you said it's a very contagious? It's very contagious. Well, um, yeah, they're not quite sure how, how people can get it. Um, Have they got a treatment fortunate, for it? Fortunately, it's a very rare. Okay. It's a very rare virus. Um, but, yeah, there are, there are treatments for it. But if you get in early, um, you have a shot. But sometimes if you get in too late... Uh, unfortunately, you may lose a limb, hmm. and so yeah, it's uh, it, and it just told me, you know, that that and they're saying um, that now it's moved, yeah, like I said, from the coastline to to the inner city suburbs like Essendon, Brunswick, Mooney Ponds. Our Melbourne listeners would be well familiar with those suburbs hmm. uh, there in Melbourne. So yeah, it just tells us the yeah. times we're living in. I hadn't heard that one. That's Quite shocking. Yeah. Now, Sharissa, tell us about something that you yeah. watched regarding the internet. Yeah, so I was telling Pastor Danny I hadn't really thought of a news article that I would like to talk about today, but last night my husband and I checked out a documentary we found online. It's called Childhood 2.0, and it was just amazing the statistics they were sharing there about the impact of social media and just basically the internet on young people and mm. youth. And it's really very concerning. You talked about how the Bible talks about fear and anxiety being one of the signs of the end. At the end of time, that will be everywhere, and certainly I think social media and the internet increases anxiety for so many young people who are trying to compete with all the opinions and peer pressure that comes not just naturally from social interaction, but online, that heaps mm. that heaped on them online, they can't escape it. And the thing that shocked me about um, one of the statistics they shared in regards to pornography, most parents think that if they put a parental lock on their on their phone, you know, so that their kids can't get access unsafe things. They think it's safe, but 
According to this documentary, 27% of all free internet stuff out there is pornography. How much? How many? 27%, which to put that in picture terms, that would be like having four magazines on your living room table and one of them is a porn magazine and hoping your child doesn't pick that up if you've given them a smartphone. Wow. So when you think about it like that, the, the, the things that young people are facing today are things that I don't think no other generation has ever had to face no, it no, in this haven't. kind of intensity before. And look, to me, what this said to me, I was thinking and talking about it with, with some people. It's like, this just makes me think we've really got to pray hard and we've really got to do our best to help our young people uh, make wise choices mm. like Daniel does in, in the book we're about to study again in the Bible. It's just very concerning. Yeah, that is very concerning that, you know, you've got young children and we're not even talking teenagers from some of the, from some of the studies that I have read and some of the news reports. You've got children as young as five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, um, exposed to pornography. And, uh, this, this, I mean, only God knows what this is doing to their minds, to those young, um, you know, minds that are forming, that are growing. And, mm-hmm. you know, how do they make sense of, of, of this? And, and what kind of, and what kind of, um, world when it comes to relationships are they, are they beginning to, to learn about? That's right. I mean, and then, and then we wonder why young people are struggling in their relationships mm-hmm. and why there is, yeah, why there is so much of a, of a problem in that space. And so I think that we, well, not, not that I think, I am, I am certain that we are coming to that point where the cup, uh, the cup of immorality um, will be filled to the to the brim, like it was in the days of Noah, like it was in the days of King Belshazzar that we read about last week from Daniel chapter five. And uh, God is long suffering, but there is a limit. There is a limit to what God will allow humans to do. And so today we we are living in a immoral age, such as we have never seen in human history. I totally agree with you. Mm. Yeah, it's it's yeah, and I think of I think of young parents bringing yeah. up children. I mean, my daughters—they're like in their twenties. Mm. Um, we didn't have to deal with this. Mm. I mean, we didn't barely had a mobile phone. Mm. Well, we didn't have a mobile phone when, right. our, when our first daughter was born in the nineties, mid nineties. You know, there was no mobile phones. Well, there were some people had mobile phones, but they were only the rich and famous. Yeah. Certainly not me. Um, and so, but today, uh, the, the way, the way technology is, it's just destroying. And it's interesting. I was listening to, um, an interesting, um, an interesting talk on, on how our culture has changed. And in particular, since World War Two. And you have, you have, you know, since World War Two, you have several, several key, um, uh, moments in, in Western history that has completely altered um, the way we live. Number one is the motor car. You know, when the motor car was invented, um, people no longer needed to go to church because there was something else to do on Sunday mm-hmm. um, or, or Saturday, but in particular Sunday. And so then when the television was invented, once again, that was a huge shift. And then you have, you know, when contraception was invented, no longer did you need to worry about having children um, in the context of marriage because if you decided to, you know, explore your sexuality outside of marriage, you know, it could be pregnancies and 
children and da di da di da but now you didn't need to worry about that now you could just enjoy free love without any consequences and so mm. we have this you know this cascading steady progression down <laughs> absolutely away from, away from where we are today yeah. where we are today and now and now we're at a point where if you seek to share what god says and what god's plan is for the human race when it comes to sexuality when it comes to family when it comes to marriage uh, you can be prosecuted in in some parts of Australia, and so uh, this is this is just absolutely incredible, and um, and I just see this as a clear sign of the times because as goes the family, as goes society, um, is 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 how it all goes. Mm. So yeah, w- my dear friends, um, wherever you're listening from, you may be thinking, well, that's all very much doom and gloom. Uh, that's the reality of our situation. And uh, this tells us, uh, as we've shared over and over again, this tells us that Jesus is on his way uh, because Jesus alone will have the solution. Um, and and he will create a new world where righteousness dwells, the Bible says. Yep. And so I pray, Sharissa, that we um, will focus daily to seek to live in harmony with his will. And like Daniel, he purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of um, man and woman that God is seeking for now. And everyone can make that choice right now. That's right. No at what age. That's right. We can make a choice and God can make a change. Yeah, I like that. We can make a choice and God can make the change. So as we like to say here, you know, fear looks around, regret looks back, but faith looks up. Amen. And so keep looking up and Jesus alone is the one that can provide for us what we need. And so, folk, don't be discouraged. Don't be disappointed. Don't look down. Don't look around you, but look up. Because as you do, Jesus has promised that he will place his Holy Spirit in you. And like Daniel, who had the Holy Spirit of God, in him you will be an example and you will be an ambassador of light in this dark world and you know what Sharissa the darker this world gets the lighter the brighter the the light is amen (laughs) that is um, that that, that shines out of God's ambassadors Mm. so hope and pray that um, yeah we'll continue to keep the faith that we'll continue to keep looking up and now sit back and listen to Ellie Holocom anchor of hope Marvelous, wonderful, infinite God Author of all that is good Faithful provider and giver of life Source of all power and love Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise Refuge of strength to the Say 
constant unwavering cry Shepherd who comes for the lost Rock of salvation, remarkable love Savior who died on the cross Dudes and dudettes, this is Robbie. And I'm Sash from Real Faith. If you'd like to have a more vibrant walk with God, then come join us from 3.30 to 5.30 every Thursday hour to hear fresh stories of God working in real people's lives. Digging deep into the scriptures and having a fun time. We'll We'll see see you there. Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim, you can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then.
Welcome back to Faith FM and Looking Up, and you are listening to that beautiful song, A Living Prayer. Just a beautiful song. I love that song. It's a beautiful song, and mm-hmm. it's all focused on you know, building up our Christian characters and, and how we connect with God through living prayer. And that's really what the book of Daniel is all about from start to finish. Mm-hmm. It's Good a book. Point. It's a book of an individual, or I should say individuals, Daniel and his three friends, who were so connected with God through prayer that they had that holy boldness that we read of in the New Testament. Mm. And so that experience can be for us also, Sharissa Khanat. Amen. Yes, it can. And it's not only an experience for those four young Hebrew men two and a half thousand years ago, it's, it's God's mm plan yeah for each and every one of us and it seems at the end of time you know according to you know revelation 14 verse 12 there's going to be a people at the end of time who have that experience and by god's grace i want to be part of it amen they will walk with the lamb and follow him wherever he goes Mm -hmm. the bible says in revelation 14 well folk if you would like to contact us for if you have a question or you want to make a comment feel free to do that or if you have a prayer request I'll give you the phone numbers now as we're about to launch into our Bible study which will be taking a look at Daniel 6 but before that here are the details for how you can contact us you can call us on 1-800-324-843 that's 1-800-324-843 or you can text us on 0491-064-669 that's 0491-064-669 and if you want to catch up on any of the previous uh, programs Today we are looking at Daniel chapter 6 and we've gone through the first five chapters already. So if you'd like to catch up on uh, what we have looked at thus far, feel free to go to the Faith FM website, which you will find at faithfm.com.au. That's faithfm.com.au. Go to the podcast section there and look out for Looking Up and you'll be able to yeah, connect with any one of those previous episodes in the book of Daniel as well as any one of the other previous episodes on of Looking Up from last year when we first began in about, I think, about the month of May. Oh, really? So we're all heading to our one-year anniversary of, wow. of Looking <laughs> Up. Yeah, so... Well, we've got a, a very important Bible study here, um, Sharissa, and I'm going to invite you to pray. And then we are going to dive into Daniel chapter 6. So if you are at home or at a place where you can open your Bible, um, either on your phone or you may have a hard copy, I want to encourage you to do that, to journey with us, Daniel chapter 6. So Sharissa, lead us in, in prayer, please. Sure. Our loving Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. And as we study Daniel chapter 6 today, we pray that the Holy Spirit would speak to our hearts and help us to understand. We pray for everyone that's listening in right now. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, to, to, to fill you in on where we have been, I'll give you a very, very short summary. Like this is a super duper short summary on the first five chapters, Sharissa. Seatbelts, folks. Okay. Yes. Yeah, Seatbelts. <laughs> Here we go. So the first chapter, in the first chapter, in a sentence, we discover the God who turns defeat into victory. That's, that's really the essence of the first chapter. Chapter two, we discover a God re- who reveals the future. And that was a, a powerful chapter. In chapter 3, we discovered a God who delivers his people. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. 
In Daniel chapter 4, we discover a God who is sovereign and rules over all the earth. A God who alone is worthy to be worshipped and acknowledged as not only the creator, uh, but the, the, the sovereign, the one who holds our very breath in his hands. And last week we discovered that we serve a God, or the Bible speaks of a God, who is a God of justice and judgment. Justice and judgment. And, yes. uh, so that was, so that was last week's study. So that's the first five chapters. That was Daniel. much quicker than I anticipated. <laughs> <laughs> I know, because we have learned to expect not that <laughs> from, from yours truly. <laughs> <laughs> expect the unexpected. <laughs> exactly. This was one of those days. So, um, I guess we want to probably pick up the story, uh, because Daniel chapter six, verse one actually continues on from the last two verses of chapter 5. So if you go to Daniel chapter 5, Sharissa, and if you would like to read the last two verses, um, this is the fall of Babylon has taken place, and now we see what takes place next on the string. So this is Daniel chapter 5, verse 30 and 31. That very night, Belshazzar, king of the Chaldeans, was slain, and Darius the Mede received the kingdom, being about 62 years old. Okay, so we have here King Belshazzar, uh, the last king of Babylon, and he is slain in one night, according to the prophecy that God gave to Isaiah 150 years beforehand, that Cyrus, Cyrus the Great, he would be the one that would conquer Babylon. And so he conquers, you may be thinking Cyrus, was he was a Persian and Darius is a Mede. Well, there was a coalition here, as we'll discover even in Daniel chapter 6. The Medes and the Persians came together and uh, the, the, the Persians, they were more the military side of the empire, whereas uh, Darius, who was a Mede, he was more from the political side. Establishment, okay. uh, but eventually, eventually, the the Persians uh, take over, mm-hmm. and uh, they also are the political leaders um, in the Medo-Persian coalition. So now we go to Daniel chapter six, and if you want to read through, we'll read right through the first um, nine verses, Daniel chapter six, verses one to nine, and then we'll unpack these verses. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom, and over these three governors, of whom Daniel was one, that the satraps might give account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps, because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. So the governors and satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful, nor was there any error or fault found in him. Then these men said, We shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. So these governors and satraps thronged before the king and said thus to him, King Darius, live forever. All the governors of the kingdom and the administrators and satraps, the counselors and advisors, have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whoever petitions any god or man for 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which does not alter. Therefore, King Darius signed the written decree. Okay, thank you, Sharissa. So here we have, here we have, uh, I guess, a new pharaoh. 
Uh, we've got um, we've new got president. A, we've got a new president. Yes, <laughs> uh, a new uh, a new party has come to the fore. Yeah, and uh, it's interesting that Daniel he was uh, he was the he was the prime minister. You could say, um, and he was the prime minister in the Babylonian kingdom. He was the third ruler, third in charge at the end of Daniel chapter five. Um, and here the king. Darius, he seeks to set him above. Over the whole realm. Over the whole realm. So he's got 120 satraps. Now, what's a satrap? A satrap. That's a good question. I remember we met this in chapter two. The satraps. Like wise people. Yeah, they were. They were, they were, they were part of, um, part of the, the cabinet, you could say. Part of the, the political establishment. Yep. Of the kingdom, and you have them ruling in different parts. So they're kind of like mini mini governors, I guess, um, throughout yep. the empire. And so above them, you have three mm-hmm. that the king has established, and, and they're referred to here as governors. And above the three, the king was considering putting Daniel above the three. <laughs> so Daniel would be the prime minister. Mm. Now that's huge. It is because this is Daniel who served. In the Babylonian court, and now we have the Medes and the Persians. He's continued on through to another empire. He's continued on. And just to put it in perspective, okay, we know that China and the US have been having a bit of a tug of war for some time now. Okay, ever said, especially since Donald Trump came to town, he was really, you know, he really got under the skin of, of the Chinese. And so anyway, we don't get into politics, but let me just illustrate what that would look like today. Imagine now, this, this will probably never happen, but imagine the Chinese overthrew the Americans, right? They just came in and overthrew the Americans and they took over the United States of America. And what they did was they put the vice president of the United States of America second in charge in the Chinese government. Mm. What are the chances of that happening, Charissa? Very, very small. I can only imagine. (laughs) They get rid of the president and they put the vice president in charge. Yeah. And that's basically what's happened here. True. Uh, It's it's incredible. Yeah, I liked liked that. And I liked that the thought of um, verse 3, Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. Like he he's just different from Mm. the world and the culture around him always. Yeah. Because he's part of a different kingdom. <laughs> he's part of a different, and once and again, you know, uh, a different spirit. Yes, you know, that, the that, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that comes through all the way through every chapter, including this final chapter um, in this uh, in, in the stories section of Daniel. Now, it's interesting that the Bible says in verse five they discovered that there was nothing they could find against Daniel. He was faultless. He was faultless. They couldn't find any dirt on him. So they went through his emails. They went through his Twitter account. They checked out his Facebook. Everything. It was spotless. There was nothing in there that they could find that was corrupt, that was misleading in any way, that was um, uh, that was going to contribute in a negative way to the kingdom of the Medes and the Persians. There's only one thing they discovered that they could pin Daniel. And that was on obedience to God <laughs> concerning the law God's of law. His God, uh, the, the law of His God, and um, and that's really interesting to me because at the end of time we find the law of God once again is front and center, and God's people are accused and sentenced 
because of God's law. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to look at that as, as we go along. Can't help but notice too how Daniel reminds me of Jesus in his character. Like uh, Jesus was faultless; he was without fault when he came before Pilate. You know, I find no mm. fault in this man. Mm. And here's Daniel, faultless. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, faithful, and just like at the end of time, there'll be a people who will be without blemish. Mm, without <laughs> like, blemish, without and there's no guile in their mouths. No Revelation deceit. fourteen. Yeah. yeah, no deceit. So, Just like Jesus. Yeah, so this is really important for us to be studying, I think, if we want to follow Jesus. Absolutely. So this is speaking of those individuals who are completely filled with the Holy Spirit and their character is being refined more and more into the image of Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's what we have here. We've got Daniel. Whereas we have the opposition, and they are the complete opposite. Mm. What are they doing? You know, they are, they are seeking to – they're jealous – that's a and, fault. <laughs> yeah, that's a fault. So they're jealous, and and their and their jealousy then leads them to to hatred. Mm-hmm. It leads them ultimately to deceive the king, and then it leads them, you know, to seek the murder mm-hmm. of this innocent individual. So you can see how sin begins with jealousy and moves to the point of seeking the death of an innocent person. And so this is a fruitage of sin. It just it it just it, it, it keeps going and going and going and going until final destruction. That's right. And so it's interesting here. We also have uh, we also have the the wise men. They appeal to the king's ego, <laughs> and this is a lesson. You know, it's easy for us to be swayed into making a bad decision, which the king does. Uh, and he makes a bad decision because he has allowed his ego to dictate his decision. He hasn't thought this through. Instead of speaking to Daniel, saying, Daniel, is this correct? I mean, have, has everyone agreed to this? Mm-hmm. No, they haven't. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's really, really important. Now, this king, this king, um, like many of the kings back then, really wanted to be worshipped. You know, because they thought of themselves as King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and I've shared this in the past. You know, the Cyrus Cylinder, where Cyrus says, you know, he's the great King, the powerful King, King of Babylon, you know, King of the four quarters of the world, and so on and so forth. So, uh, the King here really falls into the trap of, yeah, allowing his ego to be stroked and. Mm. That's a big lesson There's for all of us. There's two kings like that in Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar and Mount Darius as well. There are. There are indeed. Well, sit back, my friends. Uh, we have uh, another song for you. Uh, sit back and enjoy this song, which is Sanctus Real Confidence. to lose I feel unqualified for what you're calling me to Lord with your strength I've got no excuse Cause broken people are exactly who you use So give me faith alive Daniel in the lion's den Give me hope alive Moses in the
everyone we are back in our study and the reason i'm here because the headphones are attacking pastor jenny here but he's gonna get them on. <laughs> i'm really enjoying this study of the book of daniel and here he is <laughs> there we go you wouldn't believe it the headphones went. i saw it i can vouch for it it's it a sign of the last days <laughs> A sign of the last days when the headphones decide to do crazy things on you. Yeah. I think I might be the person wearing the headphones <laughs> that wasn't cooperating with them. But anyway, we are back, folk. I hope you enjoyed that beautiful song. Really focusing on how we can have confidence in faith. <laughs> it's been a bit of a funny show, this one, hasn't it? It eh? has, yeah. Started off with my grandparents and now... <laughs> Now the headphones, and we'll see what will come next. <laughs> Anything is possible. Expect the unexpected. Yep. You did say that earlier, I didn't did. you, Charissa? Yeah. Well, just as well, uh, Daniel was a man who was very consistent. There wasn't too much of unexpected in his life. Uh, he was very consistent. He was faithful to God, and he was faithful to the king. Yep. And the good thing about that is when you're consistent in your choices, it doesn't really matter what happens circumstantially, you already know the answer and the solution because you've been consistent. That's right. So we have this law that uh, the, the satraps and the governors have drafted up and they have uh, deceived the king into signing it in that they said all of us have agreed. And that's not true because Daniel was not consulted because there's no way in the world he would have agreed to this law Mm -hmm. uh, that you're not allowed to pray to any other person or God for the next 30 days. There's no way Daniel would have agreed to that because of what takes place next. So do you want to continue to read the story, Sharissa? So we'll read the next um, section, which goes from verse 10 all the way through to verse 17. Ooh, long one. That's a nice long one. All right. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home and in his upper room with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. And they went before the king and spoke concerning the king's uh, decree. Have you not signed... 
a decree that every man who petitions any god or man within thirty days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. And the king answered and said, The thing is true, according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which does not alter. So they answered and said before the king, That Daniel, who is one of the captives from Judah, does not show due regard for you, O king, or for the decree that you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. And the king, when he heard these words, was greatly displeased with with himself and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him and he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him then these men approached the king and said to the king know O king that it is the law of the Medes and Persians that no decree or statute which the king establishes may be changed so the king gave the command and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions but the king spoke saying to Daniel your God whom you serve continually he will deliver you then a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signets of his lords that the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. Wow, thank you so much for that. There's a lot there and um, let's seek to unpack some of the lessons that we can find from, from that particular passage. Firstly, one of the things that strikes me is King Darius, he has faith in the God of Daniel. Yeah, that's true. He, he believes that the God of Daniel will rescue him. He from, will deliver you, he said. Yeah, there's no doubts as far as the king is concerned, even though he, he has a pretty tough time that evening, as we'll discover as we continue to read later on. But we find here Daniel's had an influence on this king as well. So he had an influence on King Nebuchadnezzar. He's had an influence on King Belshazzar. And uh, now he has a, uh, an influence a huge influence on King Darius. Mm. And so, Sharissa, what else strikes you from this passage? A few things, actually. Um, The first thing that I'd like to just say is, uh, I highlighted in my Bible every time they referred to the law of the Medes and the Persians being unchangeable and cannot be altered, three times. Mm. talks about that. And yet, their, their law crosses the law of God. If they think their law cannot be changed, who on earth made them think that God's law could be changed? Mm, that's true. And it's, there's an interesting scripture in, um, in Acts chapter 5. In Acts chapter 5, and I think it's uh, verse 29, where there Peter... And the disciples, they are brought before the religious establishment That's right. of their day. This is shortly after Jesus has gone to heaven. And they're told in no uncertain terms that they are not to preach or teach in the name of Jesus. And they are to, to refrain um, and to stop immediately from doing that. And it's interesting um, what the Bible says. It says here in Acts chapter 5, verses 28 and 29, and the religious leaders say to Peter and the other apostles, did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name, that is in the name of Jesus Christ? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and and intend to bring this man's blood on us, speaking of Jesus. But notice Peter's response. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. Amen. We ought to obey God rather than men. And um, so we have times when we are confronted with the law of God, which contradicts the laws of the land. Jesus said, you know, render unto Caesar the things that belong to Caesar, render unto God the things that belong to God. 
But there are times when, when man's law contradicts God's law, and whenever man's law contradicts God's law, we must stand for God's law. And that's what Daniel here is doing. Yes. I love that when the law said that he couldn't worship God the way he had been, he didn't change anything. He did not change anything. The Bible says, as his custom was. That's right. You know, since early days. Since early days. Since his youth, yeah. which, as you pointed out, the whole book revolves around that first choice he made. It does, yeah. He purposed in his heart, mm-hmm. him and his friends, in Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. And this also tells us, as parents, you know, those who are parents, if you're a parent listening, a Christian parent in particular, and you are listening, I want to encourage you, we want to encourage you to continue to train up your children or your child in the way of the Lord. Because if you, if you, Build in those customs. If you build in those those spiritual customs, those spiritual habits of prayer and Bible study and witnessing and sharing and so forth um, into the into the lives of your children, when they are placed um, in a testing environment, we talked about that earlier. Um, if ever there was a testing environment for our children, it's today. With all that they are exposed to, mm-hmm. um, that is so harmful and detrimental to to their well being. And so if we, if we sow those seeds of faith into our children, they then through the Holy Spirit have an opportunity to, to stand up like Daniel, who was a teenager when he determined with his friends that they would not defile themselves. Mm, that's powerful. And so we want to encourage you, um, with that, uh, knowing that you know, we, we are living in testing times. Um, we've talked about this law in Victoria. Uh, where you are not allowed to pray for someone, even if that person comes to you um, from the LGBTIQ community and they are asking for prayer, they are asking for God's plan and God's will uh, in their lives and they're asking for counsel from you. Uh, you are not permitted under this new law that was passed not so long ago, a couple of weeks ago, you are not permitted to pray for them, you're not permitted to counsel them, you're not permitted to share scripture from them, I mean with them. Even if they ask you. However, as far as I'm concerned, and where I stand, and I preached on this on Sabbath in my church, where I stand, we ought to obey God rather than man. And uh, Jesus has given us the command. He has given us the command to share the good news of the gospel, to share his truth, which sets people free, and to enable people to have an opportunity to respond to the gospel, to be truly converted, mm. you know, conversion therapy. That's, <laughs> that's God's conversion therapy through the Holy Spirit is to, is to draw us into the image of Jesus Christ, that we be, might become more and more into the image of Jesus Christ. And so uh, this is where we make a stand and, you know, if, if we need to suffer the consequences like Daniel and his friends, then so be it. Yeah, I like what you just point out there because verse 10 really makes it very clear. When Daniel knew that the writing had been signed, he knew all the consequences, the law and how it had been changed, he still went home and opened his room, opened his window rather toward Jerusalem. And that's just one other point. I heard a really good sermon by a man named Eric Walsh mm-hmm. and he preached a sermon entitled, Are Your Windows Open? Oh, wow. Because <laughs> sometimes, you know, we, we follow God and we close our windows. Yeah. We're trying to be closet Christians, but open your windows, mm. follow God. Don't be afraid of the consequences and let Him be glorified in your life. Indeed. And the reason why Daniel is opening his windows and looking toward Jerusalem is because of the prayer of King Solomon. 
You can read about that in First Kings chapter 8. Mm-hmm. Uh, there King Solomon prays this prayer and he says, When we go into captivity... So under inspiration, um, God had showed him that his people would sadly go into captivity because of their rebellion. When we go into captivity, if we look to Jerusalem, if we look to Jerusalem, hear us, O Lord, you wow. know, and respond to us. Yeah, you can read about that in First Kings chapter 8 and uh, from verses 46 <laughs> all the way through to about... 53 and in particular verse 48 I might read verse 48 or are you there in verse 48 first kings chapter 8 verse 48 yeah and when they return to you with all their heart and with all their soul in the land of their enemies who led them away captive and pray to you to uh, toward their land which you have chosen and the temple which I have built for your name then here in heaven your dwelling place their prayer and their supplication and maintain their cause well there you go so that's what Daniel's doing yeah that's beautiful Daniel is praying in harmony with the scriptures yeah so you know that's I think that I think that's a really important point for us to unpack briefly, and that is God wants us to pray the promises of Scripture. Mm. You know, sometimes we spend a lot of time praying our own words, but I think it's uh, very worthwhile and it's very biblical. And this is what Daniel's doing. Let's pray and claim the Scriptures. So Daniel here is claiming the Scriptures, and he's claiming the promises of God. Amen. And so Daniel doesn't want to compromise. He will not compromise. As we've already pointed out, he has chosen to abide by God's law. God's law always uh, which supersedes. Which cannot be changed. Which cannot be changed. And God's law cannot be changed. And it's, and it's interesting that, um, you know, King Nebuchadnezzar discovered that. Yeah. You know, God's law and God's word is supreme. However, you know, these satraps, they obviously haven't got the memo of what took place uh, during the time of the Babylonian Empire, <laughs> you know, the times of Daniel 1 and Daniel 2 and Daniel 3 and Daniel 4 and Daniel 5, the fi- those five chapters. It's almost as if they have, you know, amnesia. Mm. But here God once again reveals that he alone, he alone and his law alone is to stand Eternally, Yeah, I like the Bible says the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. And I heard a really good definition of perfection once when I was sitting in a little church. Mm-hmm. And the man in the congregation said, the definition that he likes of perfection is this, nothing can be added to it or taken from it. It's perfect. Mm, that is perfect indeed. And um, yeah, so the law of God is perfect. Yeah. I like that. Now, it's interesting, uh, if I could just touch on this. Before we go to our next song, if I can just touch on this idea of uh, making an oath. Or here we have, uh, you know, the king um, hastily signing this decree, you know, this executive order, so <laughs> to speak. You know, we, we have a number of situations in Scripture in the Old Testament where individuals um, made hasty and foolish oaths. You know, we have Jephthah, mm. you know, and his daughter. You can read about that. We have um, King Saul. You know, and no one eat until the sun go down. And that was a, a foolish um, oath that he made that impacted his son, Jonathan. Uh, so we have, you know, we, we, we have some of these oaths which um, are very foolish. And Jesus even himself, you know, he warned against making these foolish oaths, making foolish promises, not thinking things through. And you can read about that in Matthew 5. You know, verses 33 to 37. So it's really important, folk, that before we make any important decision, 
that we think it through, we spend time in prayer. Often we kind of like shoot from the hip. Mm-hmm. I kind of do at times, Sure, so I don't know about you, but I sometimes, you know, speak first and think second, and that's not a wise thing. And I think it's important that we spend time in prayer before any major decision, take the time, bring it to the Lord, and ask the Lord to lead and guide you in the decision that you need to make. And if we do that, more often than not, we will end up doing the right thing. Well, folk, we are um, enjoying another song, The Lesser Light Collective, Oh, Daniel. Sleeping in the lion's den Conspiracy of evil men Can find no fault in me For their pride and jealousy They threw me in the lion's den They said, oh, king, won't you make a decree? There'll be no prayer to man or God but thee From thirty days now hence The guilty's recompense Will be sleeping in that lion's den Well I got down on my knees to pray Just like I always did three times each day For my petition and my plea They said I was guilty and they threw me in that lion's den Daniel, oh Daniel Lion of Judah on your side Daniel, oh Daniel Your deliverer, he will not be denied Saw distress and grief Well he labored for to rescue me But no earthly king can save That old lion stands a grave No escaping from that lion's den And at last he said there is no hope for me But for the God I serve continually And a stone was brought and laid At the mouth of that lion's cave Sealed me in the lion's den Daniel, oh Daniel Lion of Judah on your side Daniel, oh Daniel Your deliverer, he will not be denied The king went to his royal bed he could not eat, sleep had fled At the break of day he came Made haste and called my name Are you still there in that lion's den? Well I said, oh king, live eternally I was found blameless before God and thee well, I trusted in his name So an angel came Shut the mouths inside that lion's den Can deliver me Cause just like me he was 
Sent to death by evil men Condemned without a cause Three days, three nights With a stone shut tight And the tomb in the ground you lay Through death he defeated the power of death Conquer the enemy So one morning soon And very soon The king will call you from your tomb That old roaring lion's been slain No more power in the grave Delivered from that lion's den Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that song. I did. I haven't heard that one before, Sharissa. I hadn't heard it either. That's a fantastic song from Josh Josh Cunningham. Oh, Daniel, your mighty deliverer lives. And uh, you know what, Sharissa, the good news is that regardless of what happens to us here on this earth, if we make a stand for Jesus and his truth and his ways, when he comes, he says, I'll make a stand for you. Mm. I will stand up for you before my father and before all the angels. Mm. And so that's the story of Daniel. The whole way through we have he making Daniel makes a stand. He doesn't know what, what the end of the story is going to be. He hasn't read the end of the book of his life. He makes a stand by faith, regardless of what the consequences you do what you need to do, like the disciples said, but we ought to obey God rather than man. Amen. And so we are journeying through Daniel chapter 6. If you are joining us, we are going through this chapter today on looking up. And we are now in verse 18. So we are well and truly past the halfway mark of this story. And there is just so much to this story, isn't there, Sharissa? There is. We were just talking about it in the break. And there's so many details here that are useful to help us learn lessons about how we can live today. Absolutely. And there are so many connection points with the book of Revelation. And we may, as we have time right at the end, look at some of those. But we certainly will be looking at them in the in the coming days, in the coming weeks. So would you like to continue reading, Sharissa, from verse 18 all the way through to verse 23? All right, here we go. Now the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting, and no musicians were brought before him. Also his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste to the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke, saying to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lions' mouths so that they have not hurt me, because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. Now the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury, whatever was found on him, because he believed in his God. Amen. Amen. Wow. So Daniel was saved. He was delivered. Again, this is the God who delivers. 
Now, it's interesting, we have Daniel who is very much at peace and uh, the king who doesn't have peace. Mm. He is very much troubled. That's a good point. Good he's, contrast. He's very much troubled. And uh, this, was, this was the king's leading individual. This was his most trusted servant mm. because he, he was considering putting Daniel above all of the governors and the satraps. So to be the prime minister of the kingdom of the Medes and the Persians. So this is his most trusted, most beloved individual. This guy would have been so close to the king. The king would have loved him, I'm assuming, like a son. He would have just loved him. I can just picture that. And so now he is, he is just overwhelmed, overwhelmed that, you know, God has delivered Daniel from the lion's den. That's a really good point that even when we choose to trust God continually, when we choose to serve Him continually, our lives can be a sign and a wonder or a witness to others who maybe haven't got the courage to put their faith in God fully, but when they see how God works in our lives, it can be a blessing to them. Mm, Amen. And, um, you know, going back to that idea of peace, Daniel was filled with peace. That's because the Bible says, in Isaiah chapter 9, 6, you know, unto us a son is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon, upon, the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Mm. Jesus, he is the Prince of Peace. That prophecy in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 is about Jesus. He's the Prince of Peace. And there's a beautiful scripture here in Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3, and this mm. is what it says. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Amen. Because he trusts in you. And so here we have Daniel. He has this perfect peace that comes from God. And so wherever you may be in your life, my dear friends, wherever you are listening from, I want to encourage you to put your faith and trust in Jesus. We want to encourage you to reach out to the one who is the Prince of Peace. And no matter what comes in your life, no matter what you're going through right now, you can have that peace. As Paul puts it in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, which is my favorite passage, you know, that peace that passes all understanding. You know, Jesus talked about that peace as well. He talked about that peace. And I just want to read a couple of scriptures here. I can see you've got a scripture that you want to, you want to look at. Um, John 14, 27. Jesus said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Mm. You know, this peace that the world cannot give. Daniel had that. The king didn't, but Daniel had that. But the king was able to learn from Daniel how he too could have that peace. And the world tries to manufacture peace. It does. Peace, peace. But sudden destruction comes whenever that happens. It cannot give what God gives. No, that that heavenly peace can only come from God. And it's free to all. Amen. Do you want to share a scripture? I got one here, Psalm 119, verse 165. Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing causes them to stumble. Mm, I like that because that connects keeping God's law with peace. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. And I think of, I think of, um, yeah, and Jesus said, you know, in just before his crucifixion, he told his disciples in John 16, 33, he says, these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So the world is filled with tribulation, but Jesus says, regardless of what's going on in the world, look up 
Because in me, you will find peace. Amen. I also find it fascinating here that Daniel says to the king um, in verse uh, 22, in verse 22, he says, um, I was innocent before God Mm -hmm. and I was also innocent before you. Mm. And uh, this, this reminds us of the two tables of stone, the, 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 the two sides of the Ten Commandments. The first four, that, that focus on our relationship with God and faithfulness to Him. And the second half, the next mm. six, that focus on our relationship with one another and I our like faithfulness that. to one another. Yeah. So Daniel lived his life in complete harmony with all of the Ten Commandments. Faithful to God, faithful to his fellow man. He's a picture of God's end time people. He is. People ready for Jesus to come because the Bible says, Revelation fourteen twelve. here are those that keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. And in Revelation twelve seventeen, they are the ones that the devil is angry with. Those yeah. who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. And so, and they are the ones that enter into the new Jerusalem. Mm. Revelation 22 verse 14, you know, they are the ones that enter into the new Jerusalem and eat from the tree of life. Mm. Those who are faithful and loyal to God. Because as we've discovered in the past and we will continue to, to look at into the future, God's law is a transcript of his character. God's law is the foundation of his government. And so God's law really is the essence and the summary of who God is, his character of love. And that's why Jesus said when he was asked, what's the greatest commandment? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength and mind and love your neighbor as yourself. And so love towards God, love towards one another. That's the foundation for happiness. That's the foundation for true and genuine love. And as you pointed out from Psalm 119, I think 165, that is the foundation for peace, Mm. loving God and loving his law. Anything else? I've got a few other things here. Go ahead. um, There you go. It says here in that same verse, verse 22, Daniel says, My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth. Yeah. I was thinking that I was thinking of the words of Daniel. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth. I've been doing a series on Noah and I'll be uh, doing a series on Noah on 3ABN, which is uh, this Christian television broadcasting um, network here in Australia as well as around the world. And um, filming a, uh, a series on the story of Noah, and I've been looking through, I've been reading those four chapters there in Genesis 6 to 9, and the Bible says, and God shut Noah in. <laughs> you know, God shut Noah in. So, you know, being shut in by God um, is is being protected by God, being mm. sealed by God. It's interesting because Revelation, and we're going to deal with this in two weeks' time, we're going to look at the seal of God and the mark of the beast. Uh, we've been advertising that and sharing that. That's going to be in two weeks' time from today. But in the book of Revelation, we have those who receive God's seal in Revelation 7, and God says, don't let the winds blow. Uh, the winds of destruction, speaking of the seven last plagues, God says, don't let them blow until I have, sir, until I've sealed or shut up my servants, mm. um, sealed them in their foreheads, protected them. So, so God protects his people. We have two seals here. We have the king seal that, that is to bring about the end of Daniel. And then we have God's seal where he seals the lion's mouth. And so God protects his son, just like we have in the book of Revelation. Amazing. It is very, very powerful. So anything else you want to bring out, Sharissa? Did you have one more you want to bring out? 
Um, that were kind of the main points um, that I wanted to bring out from that passage. If you had anything else, um, feel free. Otherwise, we can. Yeah, look, I think that's good for now. Again, just the thing that's so striking and we'll probably get to it more next week when we start to talk about well whenever we come back because we might have a break but um when we get to talking about daniel 7 and how this uh, little horn that thinks to change times and law Mm. like here they are stressing the point that the human laws cannot be changed (laughs) and yet there's a power at the end of time that will try to change god's law Mm. Yeah, anyway. It's and it's interesting. And, you know, getting getting back to those Ten Commandments, you know, the book of Revelation, you know, the heart of it, Revelation 12, 13, and 14, those three chapters are the very heart of the book of Revelation. You know, we're going to plunge into Revelation 13 once mm-hmm. we move into Daniel chapter 7. That'd be good. And there we have in Revelation 13, we have the first four commandments under attack. We have, you know, we have this beast power that seeks to be worshipped. And that goes against the first commandment: "Thou shalt have no other gods before me." We have this. Uh, we have this second beast that that creates an image to the first beast. So we have an image which um, counters the second commandment, which uh, you know forbids the worship of images. Then we have blasphemy mm. in Revelation chapter thirteen, and we have God forbidding blasphemy in the Ten Commandments. And then we have the mark of the beast, which is the counter of the seal of God, which we're going to discover is the fourth commandment. Mm. And so we have those first four commandments under attack in Revelation chapter 13. Yeah, and really the whole law is under attack, but it will it start is. to zero in on those first four. It is. Like and the family being under absolutely. attack. Now, now let me share this with you. Okay, This is this is pretty powerful. This is pretty phenomenal. Okay. Okay. I am watching, we are watching right now, the second half of the Ten Commandments. Okay, now I'm kind of getting a bit animated. I'm getting a bit excited. Who knows what's going to happen to my <laughs> headphones? <laughs> but we are now watching the prelude to the main event. That's right. Now let me explain. Those last six commandments that deal with our relationship with one another that are founded on the fifth commandment, which is honor your mother and your father, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord is giving you, that all may go well with you. That commandment is under attack. Mm. Uh, The commandment of marriage is under attack. The commandment of life is under attack. The commandment of telling the truth is under attack. The commandment of, um, you know, coveting. You know, all these commandments, they're all getting smashed. They're all getting obliterated. This is now leading us to the point where the fourth commandment or the four commandments, the top four commandments are going to be attacked. So like we had these two institutions in Eden that God gave to the human race, we have the Sabbath and marriage in the family. The marriage in the family is, um, comes under attack and, and they, and that, and that comes, you know, that disintegrates, which will lead the world to destroy the uh, second of those you, two institutions. You got so animated. <laughs> now we know why, because we're seeing it happening right now. And I heard someone describe what you were saying as being like the Sabbath and marriage are like co-joined twins, mm-hmm. like joined at the head. If one's under attack, it's just a matter of time before the other one's under attack too. So right it around is. the corner. Absolutely. Because it's interesting, the word God appears in the first four commandments and only in the fifth commandment. So, so yeah, so the fifth commandment, it has God's name in there and that links it with the other four commandments. So as goes the marriage Mm -hmm. and family, so when marriage and the family comes under attack, when God 
in marriage and the family comes under attack, you know that we are not far away from the attack on the ah, other commandments. That's amazing. And those two commandments stand out as well. Marriage and the family and the Sabbath, they stand out because unlike all the other commandments, they don't begin with thou shalt not. They mm. begin with remember mm. and honour. Good point. So there's so much more, and we're going to get to that as we go along. But in the meantime, folk, um, we have run out of time as far as this segment is concerned. We're going to come back after some music and after the news, and we're going to wrap up with the last part of the story of Daniel. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim, you can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. There was a man, they called him Jesus, walked the shores of Galilee. Sick and calm the waters, made the blind eye to see, raise the dead and cleanse the leper, had the power to set men free. But best of all, he went to Calvary, bled and died for you and me.
Wow, what a what a neat song. What a note to finish on. Fantastic. <laughs> and I love that. I love that title. Mm. I want to be like my Lord. Amen. And really that's what it's all about, Sharissa, in a nutshell. Yep. God is inviting us through the power of his Holy Spirit to daily make a decision to be more like Jesus. And uh, really, that's what this radio program is all about, Faith FM's looking up each Wednesday afternoon. It's all about seeking to become more like Jesus, seeking to become more and more into his image. And he wants to do that so much in and through us, to be like Daniel, you know, dare to be like Daniel. Remember that song? Yeah. Dare to stand alone. I love that song. It's a beautiful song. And um, so God is seeking for us uh, to, in these final hours, in these final minutes, I should say. That song's coming up too. Th- that song is coming up at the end. That's going to be how we complete this program. Is that right, Shell? We're going to be finishing off with that lovely song, Dare to Be a Daniel? It's possible. All things are possible. Uh, it's a different version, but oh. it's, it's it's going to be spectacular. So um, you don't want to miss that because Shell is always on the money. So thank you, Shell. So that's something to look forward to. But we want to finish off this Bible study. There is so much to it. I mean, during the break, during the news break, you and I, we were just unpacking some things. Um, Can't wait till we keep going in this Wow, book. there is just so much to it, folk. It's really the, the Bible someone has... Um, uh, compared the Bible to, uh, I guess, uh, a treasure, mm. um, you know, a treasure chest or a mine, you know, a treasure mine filled with treasure where there's just no end. Really and you is. just keep digging and pulling out pearls and valuable jewels and gold and you name it and you just never get to the bottom of it. And there's just no other book like it. There is no other book like it. And um, so... We are in Daniel chapter 6, and uh, now we have the conclusion of the matter, as Solomon would put it, mm-hmm. and we have Darius, King Darius, and now he joins this chorus of monarchs who honours the God of heaven. So do you want to read with us uh, the, final, uh, the final verses of chapter 6, beginning in verse 24? 24. And the king gave the command, and they brought those men who had accused Daniel, and they cast them into the den of lions, them, their children, and their wives. And the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces before they ever came to the bottom of the den. Then King Darius wrote, To all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom men must tremble and fear before the Lord, before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and steadfast forever. His kingdom is the one which shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall endure to the end. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. Who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions? So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Wow. So Mm. Daniel continues after the king of Darius. He continues with Cyrus. Um, with Cyrus, who comes next onto the scene um, of history, and, and he continues on uh, the, the Medo-Persian Empire. So what do we have here, Sharissa? Uh, really amazing uh, realization. And if anybody wondered if those lions were hungry... These verses show us they really were. And it uses a little bit of hyperbole, doesn't it? You know, even before uh, 
they were overpowered um, even before they got to the bottom. They got to the bottom. They never made it to the bottom. <laughs> no, nope, they were eaten up before they <laughs> before they got to the bottom. <laughs> That's just amazing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Now some some of our some of our listeners may be wondering, Jarissa, uh, this kind of is pretty mean and um, ruthless. Not only uh, the 120 satraps yeah. and the two governors, not only are they thrown into the lion's den, but all their family members are thrown in there. Yeah, that is a bit much, isn't it? Like it is they didn't do anything. They didn't do anything. It wasn't their fault. They were uh, they were connected to, I guess, their, their dads or their husbands um, that, that cooked up this plot. Mm-hmm. We've got to remember back in ancient times, th- unlike today, um, we're dealing with uh, communal networks. We are dealing with very close and tight-knit family communities. Uh, we're dealing with uh, the whole idea of shame and honour. And you can bring, bring honour to your family by your actions or you can bring shame to your family through your actions and through your words. And even in today, um, there, there are cultures today to this very day, especially um, in some Islamic uh, cultures, and I've been there, where if you, for example, for example, I'll give an example, uh, you choose to be a Christian, mm-hmm. you will then face possibly the wrath of your family members. Mm. And uh, your family members may come out, and they may not only give you a, uh, you know, give you a hiding, so to speak, but they may even take your life. Mm. I think of um, Joseph Kidder. I don't know if you were there a number of years ago. He is an individual who grew up in Iraq. He grew up in um, in the city of Nineveh, the ancient city of Nineveh, and through some incredible circumstances, he gave his heart to the Lord. And he became a Christian. And as a result, uh, he was brought before his family and uh, they threw their shoes at him to begin with. And you know what that represents in, uh, in uh, Islamic culture? The shoe, that's, that's, the sole of your foot. that's the sole of your foot. And, um, that, that touches the dirt, obviously. You know, you, you walk with your shoes. And so that's considered unclean. So if someone takes a shoe and they throw it at you, that is the greatest possible insult. And, uh, that is saying that, you know, you, you deserve to be punished for whatever it is that you have done. In fact, there was a situation some of our listeners may or may not remember. You can go onto Google and you can actually watch it where George Bush Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, on his last visit to Iraq, he went to Iraq and there was a press conference uh, being held. He was there by the side of the Prime Minister of Iraq and George Bush was about to speak when when one of the journalists got up and he took off his shoes, hmm. like first one, then the other, and threw it at George Bush Jr., threw it at the President, wow. and he ducked. <laughs> he did a really good job of ducking, so the shoes never hit him. And I kind of wonder whether maybe he had good practice in the kitchen there when Barbara threw some <laughs> dishes and whatever else, some pots at him when he wasn't behaving. He just seemed to be really natural at ducking. Um, anyway, and so that reporter was saying, you know, you are the lowest of the low. Hmm. You were the lowest of the low. And um, when when uh, Iraq was overtaken by the Americans and they brought down the image of Saddam Hussein, you may have seen or you can certainly go online and check it out and there's photos of uh, the, you know, the men taking off their shoes 
and and you know bashing the statue of Saddam Hussein that had been taken down mm. um, as a symbol. So shame and honor is is In something very much part of that culture. Mm, very good, interesting. So we have yeah, so we have that. But it's interesting what the king here says. The king here praises God. Yeah, he does. He praises God. And it's interesting because this is the same theme all the way through the book of Daniel. If you just take a look at a few verses here, go to Daniel chapter 2. If you want to read Daniel chapter 2 and verse 47, we've got King Nebuchadnezzar. Mm-hmm. And notice what he shares after Daniel reveres to him not only what he dreamed, but what the dream meant. Daniel 2 verse 47. The king answered Daniel and said, Truly, your God is the God of gods, the Lord of kings, and revealer of secrets, since you could reveal this secret. Wow. So the acknowledgement of God as King of kings and Lord of lords and the reveal of secrets. If you want to read uh, Daniel chapter 3, verse 29, after the fiery furnace incident, notice these words. Yep, therefore I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made an ash heap. Again, the shame thing. Mm. Uh, because there is no other God who can deliver like this. Amen. Amen. So yeah. once again, we have, we have the king praising the God of heaven. Yep. Let's go to um, chapter 4 and verses 1 to 3. Chapter 4, this is Nebuchadnezzar, and he says, To all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell on the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I thought it good to declare the signs and wonders that the Most High God has worked for me. How great are His signs and how mighty His wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and His dominion is from generation to generation. Is there a common theme coming through? (laughs) And I am enjoying it. You know, I was thinking too of the prayer that Daniel prayed in Mm. Daniel chapter 2. Yes. Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are His, and He changes the times and seasons, removes kings, raises up kings, it goes on. He's a, he reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness and light dwells with Him. I, I guess what, what this is highlighting as we're looking at this is that the book of Daniel is really about a revelation of who God is. Mm, that's right. That's exactly right. And you know what the, the beautiful thing is, Sharissa? God is inviting his people, those who choose to be part of Christ's team at the end of time, his ambassadors, God is inviting his people to his amp to be the ambassadors of God to reveal the character of Jesus Christ at the end of time. Amen. The king here is speaking in connection with the testimony of Jesus Christ that he witnessed through Daniel and his three friends. This is the testimony of the king as he witnessed it right. through the life of these of these four young men. Well, Daniel, who's not so young, in the lion's den, he's in his 80s, and hmm. he continues to be faithful to God. And God wants to do that in and through us because there's a, there, there's a powerful scripture there in Revelation 18.1. It says, at the end of time, speaks of this fourth angel that joins the three angels of Revelation 14. And we'll look at this more um, in the coming weeks. But it says um, this angel uh, flew in the midst of heaven and it says the, the earth was filled with his glory. Now, angels in and of themselves don't have glory. And glory is a, is a word that describes character. Mm-hmm. And so we have the character of God that is um, revealed throughout the entire world. And it's revealed through those who seek to follow the Lamb wherever he goes. 
goes, mm. which is in Revelation 14. So God will have a people like Daniel and his friends who will seek to reveal the character of God in a very special way to the entire world. Amen. Where there will be no fault in them when it comes to their loyalty and their faithfulness to the government as well as their loyalty and faithfulness to God and his government. Mm. And so they will be true and and faithful to God. Now, what's interesting to me is that at the end of time, Sharissa, according to Philippians chapter 2, the Bible says that every single human being, every single being in the universe at the end of time, uh, before sin is eradicated from this universe, will declare that God is righteous, that God is love, that God is perfect. And I read that in uh, Philippians chapter 2. We have that beautiful passage that describes the humility of Christ where he went down, 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 and he was willing to subject himself to death, even the death on the cross. And then in verse 9 of Philippians chapter 2, it says, Therefore God has highly exalted him, that is Jesus Christ, and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus Christ every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on the earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father, to the character of God the Father. So at the end of time, the entire universe will acknowledge that God is love. So what we have here in the book of Daniel, where King Nebuchadnezzar and uh, King Darius, where they acknowledge God's love, God's sovereignty, God's power, God's mercy, God's grace, God's, you fill in the blanks, God's character, at the end, all will acknowledge that. So I want to encourage us to acknowledge that in the here and now. Amen. God is inviting us to be his ambassadors to, to declare his glory, to demonstrate his character. There is nothing more special. There is nothing more precious than that. To serve him continually. Like Daniel. Just like Daniel. Yeah. So, folk, I hope and pray that you have been blessed through our study. We've come to the end of this study. Um, we're going to have uh, a song now, Brian Free and Assurance. And after that, we are going to come back for our final remarks and our giveaway. So sit back and, um, and enjoy this next song. And we'll be with you in a moment.
Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed Dare to Be a Daniel, a different version from the one that we are used to, Sharissa. Love those words. Do you dare to be a Daniel on your knees? Do you stand that tall? Mm. And I heard someone once say that if we kneel before the king of the universe, we are able to stand before any earthly monarch. Mm. Um, and so that was the key to Daniel and his friends was they spent time on their knees. And as uh, one of my favorite uh, preachers, Pastor Dwight Nelson says, and he coined the phrase forward on our knees. And Sharissa, the only way forward um, from here to the coming of Jesus is on our knees. Amen. And I know you're a great believer in prayer. <laughs> and if people would like us to pray for them, feel free to, to let us know what your prayer requests are and we'll pray for them um, all the way through the week. You know, we'll continue to keep you in prayer. Now, Sharissa, what is our giveaway for today? All right. So it's a book you will want to get your hands on. This is for the first in. Caller or text it to the number. It's called Decoding Bible Prophecy by Ron Cluzet. Got the name right. And it's basically a book that you want to have in an age of uncertainty with all the things that we keep talking about happening and seeing happening around us. The Bible says in Amos 3.7, Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret counsel to his servants, the prophets. So it's a book that will really help you to dive into Bible prophecy, to find hope and to find meaning in what's happening and to find Jesus. Amen. So what are the numbers that they can contact us on? All right. So if you are the first one in, you'll get this. It's 1-800-324-843. Or you can text us on 0491-064-669. Thank you, Sharissa. So the first caller in, um, it, that, that book will be yours. It's a fantastic book and you will be thoroughly blessed. Now, folk, we've come pretty much to the end of another program here on Looking Up, and I hope and pray that you have been blessed. Now, next week, Sharissa and I will be away. We've got uh, another engagement where we will be, so we'll be out of town. So unfortunately, we won't be with you um, next week, but in two weeks' time, we will be unpacking that all-important subject that is um, on the minds of, of many, in particular Christians, you know, the mark of the beast oh, and the seal of God. And, and has the vaccine rollout got anything to do with that? So we're <laughs> going to take a look at what the Bible says. Yep. We're not going to go to any um, fancy-dancy websites. We're simply going to go to the Scriptures, as we do every week mm-hmm. on Looking Up. We examine the Scriptures for, in Scripture alone, do we have a sure foundation? And a way forward. So that's in two weeks time. So make sure you tune in for that program. And once again, if you have, um, missed out on some of the previous episodes, feel free to go to our Faith FM website, faithfm.com.au. Go to the podcast section there. And in looking up, you will find all the previous programs. So Sharissa, there are a number of take home messages from this one. For me, uh, the most important one really is that Daniel made a decision from a very, very young age that he would be faithful to God come rain, hail or shine or the mouth of lions and by God's grace and through his Holy Spirit he was able to maintain that all the way through till his very last day. Yeah, I think that that stands out for me too and that Daniel was serving God continually even when the governments 
change their laws. Daniel didn't change his because he was governed by the law of God. Like he's, he wanted to do God's law. He was under the authority of a higher power. Yes, a citizen mm. of a heavenly kingdom. Amen, amen, and amen. And, folk, that is the kingdom that God is calling us to. Yes. He says, you are not of this world. You know, seek those things which are above where Christ is, writes Paul in Colossians chapter chapter 3. And so God is inviting us to to sign up and be citizens of his kingdom. And there are some tough times coming, Sharissa, uh, in that, you know, our, our loyalty to God will be tested beyond what we can imagine. But the good news is, like Daniel, as God delivered Daniel and he strengthened him to endure that trial, so too God will strengthen us and he will enable us to endure to the very end. So, folk, I want to encourage you to keep looking up for we are nearing the end. And until until then, God bless and bye for now. When there's pain deep in your heart Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up Should the tears begin to start With a prayer all your cares He will cast Into the depths of the sea His love is always there for me